You're listening to the Cornerstone Family Worship Center podcast. Making disciples, building community, and growing together in faith and love. get into the word of God today. Amen. Are you ready for that? Amen. We're going to talk about the prayer that God answers. Somebody says, wow, wait a minute. I thought God answers all prayer. Nope. You haven't been reading your Bible. He he heareth not the prayers of the wicked. Woo. What does that mean? It means that our hearts need to be right with him to, to hear our prayers. Now, a lot of wicked people pray to God and they might see something in their life that they think that, well, God answered my prayer. Believe me, church, I don't really think that it was a humble prayer of my heart when I had uh, 20 pounds of dope in my trunk and looked up in my rearview mirror and saw police behind me. Oh, dear God, don't let, don't let me get busted with this. You know, we, we pray a lot of prayers like that. Uh, in Vietnam, you know, bullets are flying. People are praying, oh God, you know, get me through this, right? But uh, they're not the humble, true, worshipful prayers that God would have us to pray. pray. So uh, God doesn't necessarily answer every single prayer. But if you do know him, you are in a right standing with him and you have access to the throne of God and you can pray to him and you can ask of him certain things in our lives. Amen. So let's go to Matthew chapter seven and we're gonna look at verses seven through 11. And most of you, if you've been a Christian for any length of time are familiar with this, but like so many, like so many passages of scripture, church, we need to be reminded of them constantly. That's why we need to be reading the word all the time. How shall a young man cleanse himself by taking heed to the word of God? And then David said, or the psalmist said, uh, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So the more of the word that we get in our heart, the less apt we are to sin against our God. Amen. So we refresh and we rehearse the word of God in our minds constantly. We mutter it. The Bible tells us to meditate on the word of God. It means to mutter within our spirit, God's word. Uh, It's a good thing to say uh, under your breath even, even if you're standing in a line somewhere waiting for something, just just think of God. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon upon the Lord. And uh, so I was just sharing with my nephew Joshua this and I was talking about... uh, memorizing verses of scripture and things like that. And I said, you know, I said, it really wouldn't take an awful lot for any of us to memorize 52 scriptures in a, in a year. 52 scriptures in a year. One scripture a week. All you have to do is just take one scripture at the beginning of the week, recite it two or three times throughout the day, mutter it, meditate upon it as you're standing in line somewhere or whatever. Do that throughout the week and you got a, 
verse of scripture memorized. Think about that. It's not really that hard when you break it down into little bites. Amen? So Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says, Ask, and this is Jesus speaking, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give you, give good things to them that ask him? Amen. I believe it's Luke's gospel where he says, how much more of the Holy Spirit uh, will the Father give to those who ask him. Amen? So how many, how many of you want more of the Holy Spirit to control your life? Amen? You want to be under the Spirit's control more. So we, we pray for that. So if a good father would do good things for his children, how much more will our Heavenly Father do for us? So we know that from the original uh, Greek language that those, those words, ask, seek, and knock, has a, a continuance to them. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on. In other words, keep at it. Don't just do it. Now, there might be times, I believe, in our life as Christians that we might go to the Father and ask for something specific in our life. And he may, in our heart, right then and there, just say, okay, I got that. Rest in it. And I don't have to keep on asking him that if I've got that kind of a thing coming from him. Amen? And there are a lot of promises in the word of God that are just like that, but God would have us to hold his promises up to, to him to know that we're taking them seriously. Amen? So ask and keep on asking, he says, and it will be given to you. Uh, it is true that God knows what we have need of even before we ask. The Bible says that. He knows what you have need of before you even ask. So someone might say, well, then what's the use in even asking then? If he already knows what I need, why do I have to ask him? Well, let me break this down to you theologically. Because he tells you to. Good enough. God said it. That's it. Good enough for me. Amen. He, because he tells us to. And then as a matter of fact, he even commands us to ask of him. Wow. That's, that's like a carte blanche. God's saying, hey, come on. Come on, ask of me. Come, bring, bring your problems to me. Uh, James says in James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, two and three uh, you lust and you have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet, look, look at this, you have not because you ask not. You don't have many of the things you need because you don't even ask. Wow. How many times do we try to fix our problems? We just go about trying to fix them without even checking in with God and asking him uh, how to fix it. Amen. I've done it many, many times. I'm, I'm sure I'll probably goof up somewhere in my future and do it again. I hope not. 
But he says, you have not because you don't ask. And then he says, when you do get around to asking, he says, you ask and you receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. <laughs> yeah, we ought to be able to identify those two things in our lives. There are times we just don't ask the Father. And then there are times that we ask him, but we're asking for the wrong reasons. We need to keep his kingdom in perspective. Everything that we do, everything that we should be about is because of him and who he is. We're on this earth to glorify him. We have been made and created for his good pleasure. He has not been created in our minds for our good pleasure. Amen. And so James says that many times we don't have the things that we need simply because we're not asking. And then often when we ask, we're asking uh, for things out of an impure motive, out of a wrong motive, out of lustful things of our own heart. I remember reading one time that uh, someone had come to Charles Finney and asked, her, uh, asked him to pray for her husband. And he said, uh, how long have you been prevailing for him? And she couldn't answer, you know. He said, well, if you don't take the time to pray for him yourself, why do you think that I can just pray, you know, kind of say words over you and have God answer that prayer? See, a lot of times we do want someone else to pray with us or pray for us, and we don't spend the time in prayer on that thing ourselves. Yeah. So, and then I remember another time that uh, someone came to him. Uh, I think this was a whole teaching that he was doing on prayer, and uh, someone came to him and asked for prayer for her husband, He's a terrible, violent man, and he does this and he does that. Please, Lord, save him so that my life will be better. Not a good motive. We want that man to be saved so that he doesn't burn in eternal flames. That, that's it, period. You know, and so we, we can come to God with ill motives and we can present our needs before him as we see them and then uh, be asking in a wrong way. So two things to remember, church. We need to be asking God for those things in our life that we have need of. And then we need to be asking with the proper motive that his name would be glorified. Amen. And so then Jesus says, after that, he says, seek. And again, that, that word is to keep on seeking and you shall find. Although we could uh, make a list of many things that we could seek God for, but I think that the one thing that we should seek most of all is God himself. That should be the first on our list, seeking him. And if we're seeking him, we will find him. Amen. That's, that's what he said in his word. I got a couple of scriptures for you on that. Proverbs uh, 8, 17, and this is in the context, it's wisdom supposedly uh, speaking, uh, uh, but it's God. It is God's wisdom. It is God speaking through wisdom. And Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. So seek and you will find Jeremiah 29, verse 13 says, You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. So God is telling us 
commanding us, drawing us, imploring us to seek him. Hebrews 11 uh, verse 6 says, but without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. So that diligently seeking him would have to do with seeking and keep on seeking. Don't let up. In other words, <clears throat> church, we should be in hot pursuit of Almighty God. We should, I mean, people say, well, God's already in my life. Yes, he is. But I tell you what, I want more of God in my life. I want more of my life to be uh, involved in him, uh, found in him, uh, comforted in him, protected in him. I want more of my life to be in line with his word. Amen. That doesn't come by putting your brain in neutral. It comes by asking and it comes by seeking. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So this here goes also in alignment with that seeking thing. Uh, this is a part of the Beatitudes that Jesus spoke. Blessed are those who are hungry and who are thirsty for the righteousness of God. Amen. You are the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. Those who are saved, those who are born again, you have been made righteous by God. Amen. But we are also in a pursuit of God, which causes us to walk uprightly and causes us to want to do righteousness in the earth at all times. Though we fail, he will never fail. His righteousness is not going to stop in your life. But we can refuse to do those things which are righteous, which he would call righteous and good. So it's according to our yieldedness to him. Whoever you yield yourself to, his servant you are. So if you yield yourself to your fleshly desires, you are the servant of your flesh. But if you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit of God, he is your master, amen? And you are his servant, amen? And then the third thing that he says is knock. Knock and keep on a knocking. Don't stop, amen? And it shall be opened unto you. And we ask and we seek God and his divine will and his purpose for our lives. And if we'll do that, he will set opportunities, right, Mary? Opportunities before us. He will set opportunities before us. But sometimes those opportunities are like doors that must be opened. Ask, seek, and knock. Amen. In other words, there are some actions on our part that must be done. We've got to knock on that door. It doesn't just open automatically. When I'm praying for a specific door to be opened in my own life or when I pray for others and those of you who I've prayed for over the years know that this is true. I will often say, Lord, open the doors that no man can keep closed before them. So if you're seeking a job or a house or something that you have need of in your, in your family or uh, something that's going on in your life, 
I'll pray that often over you, that God will open doors for you that no man could resist and stand there and oppose you and keep that door closed. Boom, God will bust it open. Amen. And, and the flip side of it is that no man will be able to uh, open a door to you to fall into a trap. Amen. Because that's what can happen to us as Christians as well. And if we don't know the direction that we're supposed to be taking, we want to ask God's wisdom, we want to find out what he says about this, and we want the right deal. Amen? You can buy a, you can buy a beautiful house and all of the piping, the plumbing, all of the electro, electrical behind the walls can be a mess. <laughs> yeah. And you don't know that going into that deal, but man, you better pray and say, God, help me to know if this is the right thing for me or not. If you're seeking a mate, is this the right person for me or not? You won't go wrong when you pray that way. When you put it into the Father's hands and you say, Lord, I, I want your will to be done in my life. I, in August... August 19th, we're going to celebrate 46 years. And I believe, to God be the glory on this, I give him the credit. It's nothing but his grace in my life. But he did lead me in such a way that I waited until he said, go. It works best that way. <laughs> that's, that's all I can say about that. I mean, I, I can only testify on our behalf that it worked good for us. And all those bruises that you see up and down her arms, that's not from me. She's been pulling weeds. Amen. Listen, church, we need to know God's will. We need to seek his will. We ask, we seek and we knock on those doors, amen. Lord, open up those doors and don't let anybody hold them back from us. And then Lord, don't let us fall into a trap that would take us out of your will, amen. But when we know that we are knocking on the right door, because there may come at that time in your prayer life as well, when God causes you to know with an assurity that you're following and you're pursuing what he has for you, when you know that you are knocking on the right door, we just keep on knocking until that door opens. Hello, <laughs> come on. You're supposed to be opening for me. Thus saith the Lord, you know, and we stand on God's promise and we stand on his word and we stand on what the Holy Spirit puts in us uh, concerning that thing. And then Jesus kind of uh, shifts into another thing that, that goes along with this as well. He says, if you who are evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more can we count on God uh, to come through for us? Right? What good father would give his son a stone when his son would ask for bread? That's what Jesus says. If you're being evil, wow. Or if he asked for a fish, would you give him a snake? Would an would a earthly father trick or deceive his child? 
Would he withhold a child's necessities from him? Would he purposefully promise him things that he didn't intend on giving him? And if a human father who is evil, and what Jesus is saying here is that all men are sinners. If a human father who is sinful and not perfect wouldn't treat his child in this way. Should we, should we expect from a holy God and a holy loving father that he would treat us that way? No way. He, he would not give me a snake when I, when I need a fish or something to eat. He's not gonna give me something bad for myself. This is where a lot of times people are afraid to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit because we do not know, it's strange to us. We look at other people speaking in other tongues and we go, oh wow, I don't know if I want that. And we become fearful. And a lot of times people are fearful that, that they're gonna get something that's not from God. Hey, you need to read the word on this, number one, and then yield yourself unto the Lord, number two, and say, Lord, I want everything you've got for me. And if it's in the word, then, and you're promising that this is a part of uh, uh, salvation and a part of me following after you, I want that. I don't care what it is, I want it. You know, I've heard a lot of people even pray to God and say, Lord, uh, I'll serve you and I'll, I'll go anywhere and I'll do anything that you want, want me to do for you except be a missionary. I mean, I don't want to do that. Uh, please don't send me to a foreign land because... I, I, don't, I don't even like the thought of that. I want to tell you something right now. We, we just put a, we put a hindrance on God. We, we put a, that may be your flesh saying that, but you have to turn that over to the Lord. You have to catch yourself saying that and then say, no, Lord, uh, as a matter of fact, whatever you want, yes. even if you want me to be a missionary, whatever you want. I'll go back to our uh, situation with our wedding. Uh, we're, we're having our family members come to this Pentecostal church, speaking in tongues, prophesying, uh, tongues and interpretation going on in the services all the time. And on a Sunday morning, we decided to get married on a Sunday morning, right in the middle of all that stuff. And we got friends and family that are coming. Some of them have never been in a church. Some of them have been in different denominational churches, but they didn't know about this. And, and, and Mary and I were fasting, praying for those seven days uh, leading up to our wedding. And I found myself in my flesh praying and thinking about what could go on in that service. And I'm thinking about how some of my uncles would respond to that. And I'm going, oh, Lord, could you kind of take it easy on that, uh, on this Sunday, you know? And I caught myself saying that, thank God. I caught myself saying that right away. And I said, Lord, I said, what am I fasting and praying for? I'm fasting and praying that these people will hear the word of God, see God in action, sense the spirit of the Lord, and be drawn unto you. Lord, let it all happen. Let it all happen. Guess what it did? 14 people got saved. 14 people got saved. Backsliders, backsliders came to the Lord. Uh, people were uh, filled with the Holy Ghost and uh, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. It was a good Sunday morning service, man. It was a good one. Amen. But uh, yeah, and we, when we walked down the aisle, we didn't come down to dum 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 We were really weird. Mary and I were just weird. We were so just in love with Jesus and ecstatic in, in his Holy Spirit. And we chose uh, Seek Ye First the Kingdom of God, a worship song. 
So actually, when we're coming down the, uh, down the aisle, the whole church is worshiping, singing this song. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And uh, so all of, our, all of our friends and family are in that atmosphere of praise and worship. Amen. <clears throat> and they said we'd never make it. I'll tell you what, only with God's help. Only with God's help. Amen. We keep, we keep even asking ourselves, gee whiz, how in the world could we have ever made it without Jesus? We never could have. Never could have. Amen. So if, if an evil, sinful person, a person who is not perfect, but yet we would call them a good parent, a good father, good mother, they would provide the very best for their kids that they possibly could. All of you parents that I'm speaking to right now, all of you grandparents right now, you want the best for your kids. And if they asked you for something that was good, you wouldn't turn around and give them something that was bad instead. Just wouldn't do it. Neither will God. So he's not gonna give you anything. And so for those of you, if you have not yet received the Holy Spirit, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have nothing to be fearful of. You have nothing to be afraid of. All you need to do is say, is to let go and let God. And if you'll do that, he'll fill you with the Holy Spirit. You won't get anything that's not of God because you're coming to God and you're asking him for something of him. Amen. It's beautiful. Don't hesitate. Amen. God's will is for his children to be blessed so that they can glorify his name in the earth. So when I say that God wants to bless us, it's not just for our giddiness or our, to make us feel good or to make the hair on the back of our neck stand up by being touched by his Holy Spirit. That's not the end result. That's not what he's after. But when the hair stands up on the back of my neck and I know that he's touched me, it makes me want to do something for his kingdom. It makes me want to speak to someone or to serve someone on Christ's behalf. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to bless your life in such a way that you are a blessing to other people. And people look at your blessing that you uh, bestow upon them. It doesn't have to be a tangible thing. It could be a good word, a kind word. It can be an uplifting thing. It can be a prayer. It can be all kinds of good things that you would do, good works that you would do in the name of Jesus Christ. They will see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. That's what Jesus said. Amen. And so that should be our desire, that God would be glorified in our lives. Amen. <clears throat> it's his will to bless his children more so than it is our will to bless our kids. Imagine this. How much he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how we've sang it here. Sometimes we need, to, we need to make sure, not sometimes, all the time. When we come into the house of God to worship corporately, we need to make sure that those words that we're singing on that screen are coming from our heart. Yes. And that we're remembering, oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves us. And to think about that as we're actually worshiping him with those words. Amen. I'm just going to close today, but I would just ask all of us, and this, this goes for the preacher man here, just as much as it does for anybody else here. So if you think that I'm picking on you today, I'm not. Holy Spirit is. 
and he's not picking on us. When God points something out in your life that he wants to correct, he's not picking on you. He's edifying you. He's building you up. He's bringing his power and his change into your life. And it's good. Oh, it's good. It's always good. Amen. It's not wishy-washy. Sometimes good, sometimes not so good. No, it's always good. Amen. So I would ask uh, you to, to agree with, with these kinds of thoughts. Ask God to forgive you for not asking for those things that he would desire for you to have. He tells us to ask. And James just hit the nail on the head. Sometimes we don't get what we need because we're not asking. Listen, you can become so familiar with the Holy Spirit in your life and God's presence in your life and his relationship with you that you just go about your business carefree, never even really thinking about asking for things in particular that he would have you to, to do. Amen. I know I read a, a book one time by Paul Young E. Cho, who was the pastor of the world's largest church at that time. I don't know if there's 800,000 members in his church or whatever. But he, he started out really, really small. And uh, the Lord, he said that the Lord spoke to him about praying specifically for the things that he needed or that he felt that he wanted. And uh, he needed a bicycle to get around, not even a car, just a bicycle. And he said that the Lord, and I, I can't paraphrase or anything, uh, you know, I can't quote him verbatim, but something to the effect that, uh, what, what kind of bike did you want? You know, the, the Lord would lay it on his heart, what kind of bike did you want? What, what color did you, what color would you like? You know, and, and maybe God doesn't deal with every one of us in particular this way, but he did that guy because he was teaching him something about prayer that he wanted him to know. And they ended up with what they call prayer mountain where some of their people would go in there on a Friday night and stay through all day until Sunday, until Saturday morning, praying all night long. And many of those people had to go to work on Saturday morning. You couldn't hardly get that done in this day and age. In this country, I'm, I'm thankful, I'm, I'm grateful for the percentage of you people that show up for a Friday night prayer meeting in this house. We might not have a whole lot of people in this congregation, but the percentage of those of you who show up for prayer meeting and who are faithful to do that, praise God, my hat's off to you. Because in a lot of churches, I don't care how big they are, the percentages of their people that might show up for such a prayer meeting, just from what I've read, it's not there. It's not there. Amen. So uh, pray and ask God to forgive you for anything that you just kind of not even felt like you needed to ask him for something. Ask him to forgive you for not seeking his face as diligently as you could. Again, I, I'm trusting that all of us here are diligent seekers of the Lord. I, I like to consider myself as being such, but that I do know that I have room for improvement in that area, that I want to be more diligent about the things of God. And so I need God to stir that up in me. 
And again, it doesn't come by just putting your brain in neutral. You have to desire that. You have to ardently uh, want that and say, God, that's what I want in my life. If we'll do that, God will do the rest. Man, he'll just carry you. You'll think that you're just surfing on, on, a, on a big wave. You know, He'll carry you right on along. But I think he just sometimes wants to know if we're even interested in something like that. Yeah. Submit your will to him today and seek his face with a renewed passion. That's what we have to ask for. Lord, renew our passion for you. Seek his face with a renewed passion for him and the things of his kingdom. Amen. And remember those two things that we talked about today. We have not because we don't ask. And then when we do ask, we need to make sure that we're asking properly. According to his word, according to his will, according to his ways, fulfill your desire in me, Lord, even if it is to be a missionary to Swahili land. Amen. Come on. You know, I, you know I'm telling you the truth this morning. Amen. That there are things that we draw a line in our heart and we say, well, this far and no further. Come on. A lot of times we get wrapped up doing that with our tithes. 10%, don't ask me for anything more. Come on. Somebody ought to say amen or oh me. It doesn't, you know what I mean? If it, if it, if it touches us, then we ought to say, you know what? Yep, that's right. I, I do do that sometimes, Lord. You know? I'll go anywhere for you, Lord, but not there. Sometimes God puts people in, in jobs, in places where they're right between two people on an assembly line that are the, very, the two very kinds of people that you don't like to be around. And you know what he's going to do right there? He's going to sharpen you. And he's going to hone you. And he's going to cause you to learn how to deal with that and how to rise above that. And then if you just go to the Lord and ask and say, Lord, I'm here and I know that you want me to love all people, but these two characters, oh, and he, and he will show you how to love them. They'll be nasty to you. They'll you know, be mean-spirited and everything else, and you'll just keep loving them back. Keep loving them back. And God will show you that his word is true every time, all the time. Love will cover a multitude of sins and love never fails.